Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm your host Ian and as always I'm here with Lewis. Hello. How are we doing? I'm doing great. Living the dream. It's a Saturday. The sun is shining. I'm sat indoors. (laughs) Uh, It's raining a lot outside so I'm in the right place indoors at the moment. So this is a, a special episode, um, a break from our usual programming to celebrate Mecha March. We talked about this on the last episode of the podcast. So we're doing a cross-platform celebration with my other podcast, Retro Mecha Podcast, and with Craig on his blog, Anime Heads Retro World. And we're doing it under the umbrella of Retro Mecha Anime World. Got some nice new artwork from Professor Irony, who who's done the artwork for the this podcast and the other podcast. A great artist, uh, I, I think he's done a really really good job of uh, the artwork again, Lewis. Don't you think? Yes, yeah, it was really really nice to see. It's great. Yeah, really exciting. I love it. Ah, it's just so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alan, he's a great artist. You can find him on Twitter at Professor underscore Irony. If you want any commissions done or specialist artwork, then. You know, please reach out to him. Um, he won't let you down. Bring some really good creative ideas to the artwork. And yeah, it's such a really nice. It's like a really busy but simple art style. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. So, um, yes, we are here to talk about Mecha Anime across the three platforms. We've focused on OVAs for this year. So our theme today is female-based Mecha, a bit of a niche within the Mecha sort of typical, you know fandom and designs and everything typically tend to be sort of very virtual sort of male dominated so these two OVAs that we're going to talk about today I I learned from the Super Robot Chronicles book at the beginning of the book there is a a little section about female mecha traditionally female mecha had kind of been sort of side bit part mecha in Super Robot shows through the 70s but here we're going to talk about some mecha where the female mecha is the lead you don't see it very often as well noble gundam from g gundam you know is is one there's not very many t- that you can uh think of so is that one that's like got a, a kind of like a, a, a schoolgirl-esque armor outfit yes yeah <laughs> that's the one yeah uh, classic yeah okay. yeah rain's uh mecha yeah in yeah. g gundam yeah yeah it's uh uh, yeah, it's quite a neat design. It's kind of a Gundam, but feminized. Yeah, and know, it's got like it's, kind of like a front bow tie, which is just exhausts, like kind of thing. Yes, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's quite a nice design, but it's... Um, yeah, it's... it's, uh, it's but, you know, you don't see it very often, yeah. do you? And again, it's a, it's a side character. It's not the main character. So today we're going to review Blackmagic M66 and Ariel. And technically, Ariel was split into two OVAs, but we're going to kind of review it as a whole. Uh, Lewis, I don't believe you've seen either of these before. I have not. That will it'll be brand new to me. I have seen these before. So, But Blackmagic M66, which is um, based on a manga by Masamune Shiro, you know, it's his first manga. I saw this on VHS in the very late 90s, and I hadn't watched it until I rewatched it. Uh, for this so there was like a 20 year gap between viewings and then Ariel again having learned about it in the Super Robot Chronicles book I then uh, found that CPM Central Park Media had released it on DVD recently in the US so I bought the DVD um, and then I've watched it 
sort of several times over the years as well. The only other thing, sort of exciting mecha news that uh, I want to talk about is that the Knicks Kickstarter by Animago is going to be Maddox 01. Uh, that was a OVA that came out in 1987. So on the Retro Mecha podcast, we did the class of 87. I deliberately didn't do Maddox 01 because it's quite a well-known OVA and, and has been available in the West for quite some time. Um, so uh, I'm very excited for uh, that to get a Blu-ray. I think it will look really nice. It's got a really, really cracking opening animation sequence. So um, that might be something we come back to. We like a good animation sequence opener. We do. We really do. We really do, yeah. yes. Um, and Maddox's is, is absolutely, uh, you know, it's that gorgeous late 80s, super detailed mechanical movement and clunking yeah. and things happening. You know, it's hmm. it's really, really good. It's really gorgeous. So, Lewis, let's crack on with today's reviews. Yes. So our first review today is Black Magic M66. This is a one-episode OVA from 1987, directed jointly by Hiroyuki Kitakubu, who also did Blood the Last Vampire, which is probably something a lot of uh, UK and US uh, fans are familiar with. Raujin Z, likewise, Golden Boy, and one of the Robot Carnival segments, and Masamune Shiro. Most famous for uh, Ghosts in the Shell, probably, um, but also did Dominion yeah. Tank Police and Appleseed. And we previously reviewed Ghosts in the Shell back on episode five, I think it was. Did we? So, hmm? have we? Have we, re- we reviewed Ghosts in the Shell? Yeah. Man, you we would re- think I'd remember that because that's still one of my favourites. Yeah, we reviewed it with Angel's Egg. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did a couple of uh, Mamoru Oshii. Mm, yeah movies um, yeah yeah you can definitely see the uh, <laughs> the kind of similarities in this one especially in the, like the kind of the ship designs and, and things like mm. that you know it's very ingenu- uh very like original yes yeah. yeah yeah so as stated before this was based on the manga by masamuni shiro that came out in 1983 this got a vhs and dvd release in the uk by kaseki and in the us by manga entertainment So brief synopsis, freelance video journalist Sybil bites off more than she can chew when she tangles with a top secret military combat robot programmed to kill the granddaughter of its creator. So Lewis, what did you think of Black Magic Mario 66? Kind of just drops you in the deep end a little bit. Mm. Um, I mean, it is short. It it does do a really Mm. good job of like kind of like setting up and um, establishing the the stakes pretty early on. It's just building action, you know? It's uh, yeah. gratuitous violence, uh, <laughs> building action, and, you know, a, a, a female mecha, you know, Terminator robot that's got long flowing <laughs> hair, because of course it would. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, I like, it's enjoyable, definitely enjoyable. Like, it, like, towards the end, when it, like, it definitely, like, at the start, when the, the, the first, like, kind of battle sequence is on, I was like, ooh, we're in for a treat, we're in for a treat. And then I feel like a lot of the money went into that, yeah. <laughs> um, because it, like as it kind of went through and got further and further into the uh, 
into the world and like they only used fractional set pieces of that world which are still mm. really well and nicely detailed and you know believable yeah um like the the animation quality i feel dipped into the demolition side of things when they're animating <laughs> that kind of thing and, and not yeah, so much yeah. into the actual uh fight because there wasn't really much fighting it was it was like at that point it was just like get from point a to point b as yeah yeah and avoid robot who now inexplicably behaves more like a robot than she did in the first 20 minutes yeah um, yeah which that, that I, I struggled to grasp with that but it, like i still you know it's high stakes i enjoyed it it was suspenseful it's yeah yeah i think it's um i think it's a good ova actually i'd yeah. forgotten i always i had this memory from when i watched it on vhs 20 years ago that it was something that really stood out i really enjoyed it at mm. the time and you know and it was i couldn't remember a great deal about it a lot of time had passed and i've seen a lot of other anime yeah and when i watched it again i watched it that first time and i was like you know i thought oh yeah actually i'd forgotten actually how much i enjoyed this and i watched it again yesterday and it was just like oh you know i, I it's less than 50 minutes. It's 47, 48 minutes, something like that, you know. Yeah. And it's just a really enjoyable story, you know. It just it just chips along at a nice pace. It's, you know, as you say, it's got great suspense and some great set pieces in it and everything. Mm. I mean, the thing is, um, and I had kind of forgotten a little bit um, about this, just how much it plays out like the terminator yeah it, um, it, like unforgivably so towards the unforgivably end. yeah like the like, terminator it's yeah. it's so good in the first like encounter when the when you've got the the male um yeah uh m66 and the female m66 like that whole animation sequence the way they're animated they're yeah. way more fluid i was like wow we're in for a, a bloodbath treat with yeah. these fellas and then, for some reason, it definitely becomes more and more like the Terminator yeah. as, as time goes on. Because, like, she's at that point, she's the, the robots are killing anyone in their way and anything yeah. deemed as a threat. But then later on, they decide that that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And they just yeah. make it too much like the Terminator, in my opinion. Because it kind of, it's set in this sort of fictional, is it fictional, I don't know, world. You know, they talk about, you know, a conspiracy or a you know a terrorist threat from the north. Um, yeah. So you don't quite understand the all the world politics. It's hinted at, but not yeah, fully yeah. explained, is it? Um, no, it's, it's it's only mentioned so it can be used as a as a wrap up later on. Yes, you know. Yes. So um, yeah, you absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, but you've also got like I I, I wouldn't like hold it hold a candle to it on that just purely because no. based on like. The pacing's really good, considering it's a 45-minute piece. Yeah. You know? Because building on something you said there, because you're absolutely right. So when this the helicopter with the two M66 units crashes and they escape, this inadvertently triggers their mission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had a test program loaded that shouldn't have been, and, you know, the crash initiated it, and off they go. So that initial bit and up to that really, really good sequence where the army's trying to... Um, with this sort of special forces unit has prepared an, an ambush for the mm. units and you get this sort of really kind of violent and quite gory action sequence which is really really good and I try not to spoil too much but you end up with one M66 unit from there it's kind of its own thing but then when Sybil who's this reporter who you know she's listening on the radio channels she shouldn't be listening to um, yeah. and gets on and, and goes to the scene and gets captured and escapes when she goes, when she realizes what's going on, and she goes to the professor's house, 
Yeah. From that point there, that scene there where the voicemail alerts the M sixty six to where the granddaughter is, which is now the which is the target. Yeah. It then just becomes the Terminator. Exactly, one hundred percent. For the remaining twenty seven minutes or or whatever of the OVA, yeah. mm-hmm. it is just the Terminator. So I've read a few things about it in that it's it is a mix of. You know, there are elements of the manga in this, but it's not completely true to the manga. And, and that might be no uh, Kitakubo's influence on it, um, you right. know, rather than um, Shiro's influence. Right. I, I don't know. It's it's difficult to know which bit. Okay, I, I, I've never read the original manga, so um, I, I couldn't tell you how accurate it is or it isn't. But mm. from what I understand is it, it does deviate quite a bit. And the Terminator bit, that isn't yeah. part of the manga. So... Uh, Mm. One of the things that was uh, like, well, I say the, in, the the set pieces for the the whole OVA are, are quite interesting. Really, you've only got um, you've only got the, the city, uh, which is essentially yeah. like you only get the city block um, mm. that this all happens in. So that's like it's just a a nice little sort of cyberpunk esque um, yeah. rendition of that. So you get that mega block um, where the finale happens. Uh, you have the, the the scientists like home in the middle of the forest. Yeah, and then you have the forest clearing where you know the, the first encounter takes place, uh, and, and past that, there's not really any other kind of locations. No, where, well, where, where this OVA takes you, and it does. One of the things I found weird is the the spatial kind of setting with it, because mm. like it, his home is inexplicably in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. And just ha- just so happens to be close enough to pretty much everything else. So a lot of the like spatial stuff doesn't quite make sense. No, but, I agree. Uh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that's just being that's just being picky. It's going um, nit nitpicky. Yeah. yeah, I I I do agree with that. It doesn't the it's the, just a bit the disjointed. Uh, yeah, the geography of the world. Yeah, and and the time frame at which they travel between stuff. Yeah, doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. It kind of. It feels convenient to enable the the speed of the plot, yeah, and the you know the flow of the plot in in the OVA, yeah. Because ultimately, I mean, just t- finishing that kind of terminate a bit. Because I yeah. mean, ultimately, Ferris is Sarah Connor, right? Um, isn't it? The M sixty six is the Terminator, and Sybil is Reese. I mean, it's you can, yeah, that's it. You know, that's, that's you can <laughs> transpose those characters like for like, but mm. it is. It builds up in a logical way with the way they escape, the, the two M66s escape and get hunted down and then start the mission. Yeah. Um, because the bit where they get to the restaurant and Sybil kind of gets Ferris and the M66 chase them through the restaurant and the, the meat chiller and into the lift, you know, and, and runs into that final sequence. Oh. I mean, the tension, the way it builds up through that is really, really good, you know, and it's as kind of as good as the tension in the original Terminator, I think. Yeah. I'm not surprised by it, because the Terminator only came out a few years before this did, so... Yeah, and it was very influential. Very, very very influential. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So, it doesn't surprise me that you, you know, get that. But Mm. it's got, so I think, a great action choreography. You know, the bit where Sybil flies the 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 ship, the aeroplane, whatever, and is chased by the police, you know, that... it's bits like that, which are just really, really nicely um, done, really done. I think. Well, Yeah, really, really well done. Yeah, and it's a shame because the, the ending sequence is the part where I started losing interest because I did, like, as you said, like, I was just thinking, oh, okay, yeah, this is the Terminator. Um, yeah. And like the, at that point, like knowing, having seen what the robot can do, 
mm. in the in the opening combat scene, you're like, oh, this is very low stakes for me. It just feels very underwhelming because I was expecting some like next level kind of like you know the whole restaurant just gets totaled yeah um, yeah rather than a you know a, a slow menacing walk towards the target but, yeah and uh, yeah so like even the elevator scene just didn't feel kind of like it didn't grip me uh but in terms of like yeah like the influence is is, is clear and it's cool but does let it down um but like i would i would give this just bonus points based on the fact that like the pacing is is pretty much what you want from an ova like this yeah yeah i completely agree i completely agree i think for me the and again i'm not going to spoil this um but the way they defeat the m66 for me is the biggest kind of <laughs> yeah, <weak> stupid <laughs> yeah that yeah. that i think is that i think is a kind of feeble way of defeating the robot, yeah. you know, it's, uh, uh, it was just a bit too simple. Yeah. yeah. As you say, with given how capable, you know, and the kind of self-defense mechanisms and everything that are within the M66, the way it actually gets defeated is, is, yeah, it's just like, mm. well, it's easy and it wraps up quickly. And yeah. it's like that the, the state, uh, as exactly as you say, the stakes weren't high enough. Yeah. At that very, very last point of the story, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's not perfect by any means in that, in that stretch, but it's. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, as you said, it's kind of exactly what you want. It's forty-five minutes of fast action. You know, it looks great. You know, it's got decent characters. Kind of, I mean, it hasn't got time to really develop them. No, you know, no. it hasn't got time to develop the world, but you know, it's it's but positioned interestingly enough. It's positioned, and you know, as a framing. And the, the wider world is, you know, as a framing of the world so that it, you kind of understand kind of, you yeah. know, where this kind of sits. In, yeah, the, in, the, the, the art style animation and technology that you get to see, like, does tell yeah. you enough about, like, the world in, itself to kind of, like, scratch that itch. Yeah. Um, and obviously because it's, you know, it's uh, Shiro's designs and stuff like that mm. that are just second to none when it comes to, yeah. like, epic yeah. kind of, like, mecha fantasy. Yeah, like the ship designs are sublime. So, yeah, know. I mean, I completely agree. I, I mean, I can look and watch those kind of ship designs and the way they move and and yeah. all that kind of fantastic sign of mechanical detail. Yeah, uh, I could watch that all day long. Mm. I think because of the short running time, the characters ultimately rely on a kind of stereotype, like a lot of stereotype, to establish who they are really quickly. Yeah, like Sybil, when you see her apartment and and what she's like, you know, it oh, actually it's like Mercato. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, it yeah. establishes it kind of really quickly, yeah. doesn't it? You know, in that first like minute, and like the 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 grandfather with his you know the crazy madcap professor type thing, yeah, and spiral you glasses know, and all that, correct? Yeah, exactly, all mm. that jazz. You know, it establishes that. Um, hmm. So you know what that character's like. Yeah, exactly. Very, the character very design does tell you enough about like enough about them so that you don't question any of, any of their motives. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they're like, it, like it's it's very smart. I think even I'm not sure how intentional it was about the whole you know the, the opening scene where she's like uh, like tuning into the the broadcast and uh, and getting the message and she you know you know she's kind of got the headband on. Leaves, yeah, yeah. leaves without like any any clothes on first and then like comes yeah. back in only to take her clothes with you. Just. It, that tells you enough about her that you never question yeah. any decision she makes. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so 
Um, I think that's yeah. I think that was very very clever. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, you. I, I completely agree. Yeah, again, you know, the, you've got the guard captain who's uh, got the beret on, and like, yeah, you know, yeah. He's like, oh, he's got a beret on. In, <laughs> in this man, he's in got charge. a beret and a tash, yeah. and he's he's as broad as he is tall. So yeah. you know exactly what type of general or major yeah. he is, or whatever. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, the art style. You know, touching on what you said about you know the mechanical, it's very familiar to you know if you if you've watched any of Shiro's other anime works, you know, like uh, Dominion Tank Police or Apple Seed, Ghost in the Shell or something like Gundress. Mm. The art style is, you know, very, very familiar. Yeah. I think the animation, again, there's some quite clever touches in it. There's um, there's a point of view scene when the, the two ramblers are running, which kind of works. But then there's the bit in the lift where it kind of rotates around as Ferris and Sybil are trapped in the lift with the M66 and it rotates as a point of view that rotates around the lift, I think is very, very clever. Yeah, Um, that's good. I think it's very, very effective. Yeah, and there's some really interesting camera work, especially when it follows the ships as well. Mm. Um, And they they kind of do this like, uh, like a drone pan in. Uh, mm. kind of stuff that takes it through a weird angle which works and it's like kind of like you know it's one of those things that you wouldn't because it's such an unnatural like camera path that you wouldn't see in like some classic retro anime as much as you would see in uh, anime today that's yeah. like that's like wow really notably done like that's some serious yeah. talent <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah like it's it's it, technical uh technically very impressive yeah it is i think it's you know it's and that's what was quite nice about that kind of period. Um, you know, they kind of, with the OVA, especially the one-shot OVA, allowed people to really push, push the boundaries, um, the boundaries you know, and, and yeah. push the art yeah. style and, and what you could do with animation, which was... Yeah. Um, and I don't think you, you see know, that too much, like, in modern anime without, like, um, do it without the kind of, like, the mixture of uh, 3D composites where they just, mm. like, they'd blend uh, a 2D scene with a 3D kind mm. of part. And that's kind of like I feel progression to where that's gone. Obviously, that's yeah, really yeah, it's incredibly definitely. expensive for it to do that, for, to, to do that for them. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> um, I think uh, well, a notable later example would be Jujutsu Kaisen, where they, they they use quite a few of those, but they're incredibly expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, seeing it in such an old um, old OVA is uh, yeah, I was wild. Yeah. <laughs> it is wild. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it, it was really really nice to see. Mm. We did have. Um, uh, a question from our artist friend Professor Irony. Um, mm. He actually said, without knowing the role that she plays in the manga, do you think Sybil was ever intended to be a male character? He says maybe she just seems more ambiguous because none of the characters are developed very much during the runtime. But she has a very neutral style of dress, and in terms of Hollywood films references, she's like in the Michael Bain role, which is also a contrast to the likes of Susan Somers in Venus Wars, who I'm sure is modelled on Madonna. I mean, I think from where this time period is, I think she was very much meant to be a woman. Because mm. um, to me, she reminds me of like a lot of the tomboys you saw at this, like um, Izumi from Pat Labor. Yeah. Um, you know, strong woman, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just what's, think she was. I was going to say, what's interesting is, um, aside from her entry scene, she's not sexualized again. No, you know? no. Um, I think that's that's that was impressive. Yeah, like, it's never it's never even touched on the the fact that she's a woman again after that. No, um, no, exactly. And if you look at stuff like Riding Bean and Gunsmith Cats, you know, there's a lot of similarly kind of strong action women in those OVAs as well, which. 
they're all kind of from the same sort of period. So I think yeah. I think it's very intentional, and I think it was very much thing that was very common in the late eighties. Um, I couldn't tell you if this was the first real example of it, but I think it was quite common, quite mm. intentional as well. So. Yeah, I would agree. Cool. Um, there's a couple of other little nice touches in there. There's a newspaper report, which um, I never spotted on the VHS, but reading um, Justin Savakis's buried treasure on Anime News Network, he, he mentioned it, and I, I looked out for it. There's a there's a newspaper with a um, with the article about the professor, and it's actually a review of the Muppets on it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the end, yeah, Sybil's got an Appleseed T-shirt on as well, which is obviously a, a nod to Shiro's other manga um which again got which did actually you know a year later after this we got Appleseed and dominion tank police avas as well so um mm. so yeah it was a, a very busy time for the man it would you know the late yeah, 80s same. yeah <laughs> um so wrapping up lewis uh how would you score it i would give this a solid 8.2 out of 10 yeah this is this is a solid eight for me as well i think it's mm. you know I would I would happily enjoy this. Uh, this does everything you want from a f- forty-five minutes of entertainment. Yeah, action, thrilling, quite funny. You know, there's some good comedy bits in there. Sybil provides a lot of you know comic relief moments in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I would definitely recommend that people should uh, go and see this. Yeah, I yeah. would uh, I would say it loses one point for being unforgivably a little bit like too much like the Terminator towards the end, and point eight for kind of lowering the stakes for me. <laughs> yeah uh but i like it's really nice and great paced and fantastically shot well animated you know you can't really ask for much more yeah i'm I'm in the same position it loses a point for just kind of ripping the terminator off just a bit too much um and a point for how easily the uh, m66 is defeated at the end yeah that's um, also true okay cool yeah go watch it you um you won't regret it yeah definitely worth it Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. So our second review today is Ariel, 
Uh, and as I said in the introduction, this was actually two OVAs. So originally there was a two-episode OVA from 1989. I think its official title was Aerial Scaby. It's often called Aerial Visual. And that was um, followed by a second OVA in 1991, which was, an, uh, again, two episodes called Aerial Deluxe. Yeah, Both were directed by uh, Juniki Watanabe, who directed a couple of other OVAs about the same time, but nothing anyone really would have heard of outside of Japan. And it was based on a novel series by Masahisa Suzuki, which ran from 1986 to 2006 and was produced by the studio JC Staff. Uh, as I said, got a DVD release back in 2003 by Central Park Media, but it's um, long out of print and has never been relicensed. Quick synopsis. The Earth is being invaded by aliens. Fortunately, the aliens are so concerned about budgets and the cost of the invasion that they haven't succeeded yet. To defend the Earth, Dr. Kishida has designed Ariel, a giant robot shaped in the likeness of a woman with body armour. Unfortunately, he has selected his relatives, his granddaughters Aya and Kazumi Kishida and his niece Mia Kawai to be the pilots, and they are far more interested in their own lives. So, here we go on to... Something completely different, really, yeah. to uh, Black Magic M sixty six, and we have Ariel. What a load of dumb fun! Yes, Ariel is. It's so mm. stupid. Every single episode is stupid, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Do you know what? It's it's a really really strange. Oh, it's so anime. odd. It's so it's, odd. It's an absolute mess. Yeah, but I love it. Well, like, I think. <sighs> Like it's an absolute mess if you look at it as a collection of like um as as a collection of episodes because there's the yeah. timelines are screwed, you yeah. know. There's plots that get started and never finish. Uh, yeah. But in terms of like individual episodes, uh, it's great fun. Yeah. It, yeah. Like the the structure of the individual episodes is like there's there's enough cut there's there's enough cutbacks and 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 subplots to for you to call for it to yeah. Um, kind of be reminiscent of, of modern storytelling um, because you know like there's the main plot uh, then those actions create that subplot and they go and revisit these characters and push it and I was interested yeah. in all of them you know yeah. uh, it's just a shame that uh, the ones I was most interested in just seem to get dropped yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah like it's just an unapologetic amount of fun and I, I did enjoy it because it starts off like you know, when you first watch it, the first episode starts off with this mass exposition dump, like a recap episode. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the title card, you know, it says episode four, you yeah. know, like it's in the middle of something, yeah. right? You know, a bit Star Wars-y. Yeah. And then you get this, like, big exposition dump of all this stuff that's happened. And you're a bit like, oh, have I, have I missed something? Yeah. You know, have I have I got all of it? You know, have they not licensed, like, some previous episodes or something? And it does all of this in the first three or four minutes and then kind of gets into the story itself, mm. um, which I guess is quite good in in that it kind of establishes that and does all that backstory really quickly so it kind of can focus on the story that it wants to tell. But it's a bit choppy. And then one episode to the next, it just... And then it goes into Aerial Deluxe, which again starts with this kind of yeah. kind of recap thing. Yeah. Um, and there's just kind of no a separate timeline, but also seemingly somehow after the same. Yes, yeah. the same but separate timelines. Mm. Yes, it's there's like no consistency across oh, the four mad. episodes. It's just impossible to follow. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, the first two episodes in Aerial 
uh, SCABY. And, and SCABY is like the team or unit that's, you know, independent unit that's trying to save the earth sort of thing, um, which I won't say anything about now, but we will come and talk about its significance later on, I think. Yeah, um, yeah they're like two uh, half-hour episodes, and yeah. then Deluxe is two sort of 41, 42-minute yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just odd. There's no point kind of like... Yeah, there's no point reviewing it as a series because they're just not. No, just not. you just can't review it as a series. No, no. it's got it's just um, it's just the characters, same characters across the four episodes that just happen to be doing similar stuff. And I mean, they, they go through the same like uh, it's the same story arc every time. So, like, yeah, you know, reluctance, participation, ultimatum. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so you've got this kind of thread of like Doctor Kashida trying to save the earth almost single-handedly hasn't he yeah and like everyone else is an idiot and only him and his group at scabby can do it yeah. and then you've got his family as you said who are reluctant to pilot it you've got his eldest granddaughter aya who uh it's all about her you know revising for her entrance exams to university and that kind of runs through and then maya's reluctance semi-reluctance to kind of go along not go along with it and then kazumi who doesn't really feature much, but then like in episode, well, the first episode of Deluxe, it's all about her going on a date sort of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. So there's, it is all kind of disparate. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> um, all it's very much like the you know like um, reluctant you know teen girl hero kind of Sailor yeah. Moon kind of like you know. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just oh, it's wild because it's, it's they do the, they do that thing where like they they take you over to the other perspective of the of the antagonist characters and they make them funny and fun to be with and mm, yeah. yeah and then they show them a bit of their history and everything else and they do some world building of those and they're like and by the way these guys drive kaiju robots so uh, yes, uh, yeah. these are like these bio <laughs> these biomechas <laughs> that they've got going on you know yeah they could be piloted and apparently they're also like <laughs> auto they can yeah. just go off and do their own thing uh, but yeah. anyway, enough about them. Forget forget their home planet. <laughs> Let's go back to see Mai, and she's a, she's revising. Yeah, so it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's just weird. And I, but I don't like, usually I'd be a lot more critical, but mm. purely based off of like the elements it presented to me, uh, the tongue in cheek of it all. I yeah. don't care. I just mm. like it. <laughs> yeah, I know because. One of the things I did like about it is that this alien race is it's a corporation. The Guido Corporation are going to invade the Earth. Yeah. Right. You know, it's yeah. not an alien, you know, a dictator or whatever. And this is all this thing about the budgets, you know, and um, there's Simone, who's like the accountant. Yeah, the bureaucracy um, that they're fighting against is harder to, you know, to beat than the Earth itself. Yeah, anything. you know, you've got Hauser, who's like the the general in charge of the invasion, and he's got this uh, kind of half robot yeah. sort of henchman who kind of advises him. Yeah. And every time he tries to do something, he's trying to sneak some plan, and he's like, oh, "We're going to use twenty dropships and you know a thousand troops." And Simone's going like listening, going, um, "And how do you think we're going to afford it? You know, the ships falling apart around them because they haven't got the money to keep it. <laughs> yeah, they've got, know, they've got keep up with the maintenance. And stuff. <laughs> they've got onboard unemployment, like on their yeah. battleship. And it's just that's the thing. It's just like, yeah, it does. It does play with the idea because usually, like, Houses thing was like, send all the troops. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The cost of war is the cost of war. But like, it does just like 
explore this other side of things like well really how expensive is it like to yeah, wage war yeah. on the earth from this one position um and to be honest i've never seen and that kind of scenario before or since yeah yeah any anime it's let alone a mecha anime <laughs> kind of like you know it. it's it's and it's one of the things i like about it it's got all these kind of unique points about it um and it's got but it's got these characters like saber <laughs> who's this superhuman alien who's a big rival of um, anything like hauser or anything yeah. um and you know as we can find out can push a 2000 ton spaceship <laughs> back into space and it, like it's just who is he you don't know like it's just he's, he's never explained there. he's literally there as but he's, he's there all the way through he's one punch man no, that's it yeah like he's, he's one punch man without the without the coverage you know he just he just exists um yeah and like they keep cutting back to him where he's just looking up at the sky and he's just brooding <laughs> about like where like when will i find a worthy opponent and then yeah. comes in and saves the day every single time. <laughs> and like even even like even even when the show's about Ariel, like Yeah. Essentially they're bloody worthless. Yeah. And like, you know, like and <laughs> the the yeah. um Dr. Kashida keeps taking <laughs> keeps taking the credit <laughs> for essentially Saber being this god and just coming in and, and then and they, yeah. they never touch on him again they just don't they just, no. he just snaps in snaps out and you're just expected to uh, just say okay because at the end of episode well at the end of the second episode of deluxe yeah. and he's pushed the ship back into space he's kind of like well my work here is done and disappears <laughs> and that's it gone yeah like the and you kind of and... it's a proper wtf moment because yeah. you're like what what what, what? i thought you know, i thought it'd be such a good um kind of subvert expectations thing that they just failed you know and that, that was it like that would have been it yeah. and i would have been oh, okay it's an interesting way of kind of sending it off but they just couldn't resist giving him that one extra part yeah i know because as you say like kashida's organization is kind of almost impotent you know it has all these great schemes and even ariel you know to fight uh defeat some of these kaiju but doesn't actually save the day as such you know it kind of helps but but doesn't really yeah it's um it's just kind of really really messy like the opening seat credits and stuff are really different you know there, there's no consistency in it mm. there's no real consistency in the episode structures or the, the flow of the plot points and stuff i mean there's a bit of you know from episode one to two of deluxe there's a there's a bit of a flow but it's really loose yeah. um I mean, when you look at, again, I've never read the light novel series that this is based on. You know, when these two OVAs were made in 89 and 91, the uh, novel series went on for another 15 years. So, you know, I I imagine it's kind of clutching from bits of the novel series to to create some sort of story for an OVA. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, think, yeah, probably the the manga would have been a lot more (laughs) revealing because Saber's essentially, you know, he's the... Marvel, the Captain Marvel, um, mm. the Superman problem, you know, yeah, like they'll they'll, yeah. they'll all they'll never be stakes high enough for it to matter, but yeah, they he uh, the the essentially the Marvel Captain Marvel thing was just oh they're always off doing something else more important so it it relies on it falls on this the mantle of these people now, <laughs> yeah. so I, I don't know it's it's just across the board just stupid, yeah, but it's it original it's... enough and fun enough to be yeah. 
just you just take it in your stride yeah you know yeah i mean it's full of loose ends oh it's um, impossible like it's you know, just impossibly it's, stupid it's yeah it's silly and ridiculous like the the bit you know the whole idea of you know kashida's plan in deluxe to to save the earth i mean it's yeah. just kind of Oh, it's so over the top. It's fantastic. Yeah, but, like, it's just fantastical. Yeah. It's like, they're like, well, how, how can we make it more ridiculous? And they just do that. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. But and it's just interesting. It's just super yeah. interesting to watch. And I think um, there's something you, you wanted to talk about, which is the precursor themes inside of it that uh, lead on yeah. to something far greater that we know and love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So so I think we'll talk about that bit now, because I think that's kind of the elephant in the room a yeah, little it is, bit, yeah. isn't it? So, and then we'll kind of wrap up. So, you know, when I first watched this back in like 2005 or whatever, right, there were some bits of it, especially in Deluxe, yeah, in those two episodes where there were some hints of it in the first two episodes, but I think it's even more pronounced in the two episodes of Deluxe than where I was thinking, like, is it me or does this remind me of Neon Genesis Evangelion? There are loads of cues in this, aren't there? Yeah, that, it's definitely a precursor. Interestingly... And I watched it a few times because, like I said, I really enjoyed it. And I have watched this at OVA quite a lot over the last, like, 16 years or whatever. And you never hear about it, yeah. And um, Sean O'Mara of Colony Drop, a really, really good website. He does um, Zimmerit.mo now. But he did an article in 2012 that basically said, Arno is a liar and, you know, Ariel was the precursor and that it never gets mentioned when anyone talks about Evangelion and I kind of thought thank god because I thought I was kind of going mad with it a little bit but mm. Skeeby as we alluded to earlier is Nerve yeah yeah, yeah. isn't it basically is Nerve the, 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 the rising city uh, yeah. idea like you know uh, yeah that's again just identical Dr. Kushida yeah. is the you know manipulative yeah um father grandfather figure who uh you know takes every now where, yeah. where he's more way more tongue-in-cheek and less of a psychopath than um than ikari, than ikari, yeah, than ikari. Yeah. yeah it's the elements are there you know yeah uh, he's, he's always got like a, a plan that he hasn't told everyone about like you know yeah it's, it's, it, his character is essentially uh a more fun fun uncle version <laughs> yeah of, uh, yeah of, of ikari so yeah um you know, it's, it's super interesting, I thought, yeah. about that, really. Because, yeah, uh, you know, I didn't expect got, to see got it. The, no, yeah, no, and that's what I, you know, I just never... It's, it's very obvious, mm. but it's never, ever talked about. Only these reluctant children or relatives can pilot yeah. the thing. There's, there's little touches in the first episode of Deluxe where they're waiting on the train. That scene where, you know, and you get the, the crossing sound... Yeah, and then Kazumi's on the train, and like those, you know, forlorn, almost, you know, uh, you know, sort of coming of age discussions on a train. You know, that's very, yeah. very much like you see with Shinji and the train in Evangelion. Yeah, and the scene where I, I uh, like it opens like kind of like on a one of those broad slate um, shots looking into a window of a school. Yes. You know, cicadas yeah. kind of like yeah. in the background as it like, it cuts to Aya who's having like a, like a flashback kind of trauma yeah. For, yeah. Uh, of like trying to, you know, uh, deal yeah. with the, the, the stresses of being a, a mecha pilot while she's just a regular student is yeah. you know, just like Shinji 
and yeah. it's like almost shot for shot basically with just the different yeah. kind of trauma um obviously in this one it's much more light-hearted but you know it's it yeah. is you know scene scene setting and and reminiscent as you say just like the train yeah and then in episode two of deluxe this whole bit where uh they build this trampoline thing you know and it takes all the power yeah. i mean that is like literally you know and causes the blackout that is literally episode six of the evangelion tv series with their yeah. positron rifle yeah. i mean it is like yeah episode six of evangelion just riffs on so many bits in episode two of deluxe yeah it's uncanny and that was the bit when i watched that originally i was thinking i've seen this before you know mm. And every time I, I watched it again, I was like, oh, I, this is... And there's also like the black cards with the titles on, you know, which Evangelion did a lot of for the title cards in, in the TV series and stuff. Yeah. There's loads of bits like that. There's loads of little touches. And um, it's like, yeah, whether he's admitted it or not, or no one picks up to it, but that was definitely an influence on Evangelion. 100%. I, I, there's, no, there's, there's far too many coincidences um, yeah, and far too many scenes and uh, you know part of the yeah. sound design that just yeah, you know, oh yeah, yeah. And it does it does take like you'd give him credit because it does take a master's hand to kind of like transition those these light-hearted scenes and uh, yeah. with completely different context and uh, and yeah. kind of yeah. emotional stakes into into the mastercraft which is Evangelion, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, you'd be you'd be churlish to deny it um <laughs> so i think yeah as you say yeah you, you you can't deny the influence on evangelion of of ariel it's clearly there for everyone to see if you've seen evangelion tv series you will spot this yeah all over the place yeah. um before we wrap the review up I, I do just kind of want to touch on a few other bits like ariel's design you know we talked about this oh yeah you know, it's didn't a even female talk about mecha. the mecha robot that's so dumb you know <laughs> I just think it's again, it's just such a brilliant design. I mean, it's again, it's kind of a bit silly. She wears a leotard, her helmet comes off, and she's got long flowing hair, yeah. um, and a very kind of human face sort of thing. You know, it's yeah. not mechanized, but I just love the design. I just think it's yeah, absolutely. Think it's, really cool. it's just it's still so even now, sort of thirty years on, it still feels really fresh. I, I watch it and I just. You know, I just love that look. I just, I've, I've never really seen anything like it, you know, since Ariel. Mm, um, mm. When we were in anime in Hiroshima, do you remember I picked up that Ariel kit? Um, oh, but it had to yeah. be painted. Oh, yeah. Um, and you were de- debating whether to pick uh, it up or not. Yeah, I remember. Not, yeah, you know, I, I really, because I just love that design so much. I just think it's really, really fantastic. Mm. There are services, you know, that you can pick up um, yeah, those kits and you can send them off to people who like do specialist hand painted stuff and they'll send it back. Yeah, I know that. And I did think, I did consider that when I had it in my hand. It's like, do I buy it and send it off? And I, I, to be honest now, watching <laughs> watching it again a couple of times, I really regret not buying that kit. Yeah. But hey ho, yeah, you, you know you live and learn. Yeah, you can go back to Japan in a couple of years. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a good excuse to go back, so I can just buy that um, aerial kit. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, the design, a lot of the character designs look like I think are quite typical of that late eighties, early nineties. I think Kashida looks like almost. When I watch this again, I kind of think like, did the character designer do Pat Labor as well? Because the character designs are really, really similar to especially yeah. the Pat Labor TV series, but. But no Akami Takada, who did the 
character designs for all the Pat Labour anime. I definitely did not do them for this. So mm. I think it's maybe just a coincidence. And as I say, it was quite a fairly generic kind of art style, character style. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, the animation's nice. Again, that mechanical detail when Ariel picks up the, um, the, the guns and stuff and is flying and fighting the kaiju. Really, really nice. Yeah. Um, it's fluid, yeah. the Harrier jets and... And stuff, you know, it's it's great to look at. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's a mess, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I think you know to to wrap the review up, it's um, I can't not like it. I've probably watched this OVA a dozen times mm. in the last sixteen years, and I never not enjoy watching it. Yeah, yeah, it's a silly mess. But it's a really, really enjoyable, enjoyable mess. silly mess. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think as far as like kind of people say like, you know, seven out of ten, and I've probably mentioned this before, is a is a cop out score because it's like I don't want to give it a six and I don't think it like I don't think it deserves an eight. But like as as time as middle of the road as it gets, this is a seven out of ten anime. This is a seven but out of ten. I think does yeah. deserve a special accolade, official or not, a little badge up on its little a little pin that says, "I inspired many elements <laughs> of Evangelion." Yeah, you probably yeah. want to shorten that to something shorthand, but I do <laughs> I do think it deserves that little badge of honor because it's it's so redeemably genius in its own right with unexplored yeah. ideas and, and stuff I still don't see to this day. So Yeah, yeah. Um and, and I'm a fan of modern anime, so uh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Cause on the face of it, this is the type of thing that we should be shredding to pieces. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, but it's, just it's got too the type many of nice thing that ideas would, that it plays with that you it, can't you it know? has. Yeah. Mm. You know, if you if you take it really at face value and all the silliness, the incoherence and yeah. inconsistency and everything else, yeah. You'd rip it to shreds. Yeah. But yeah. it's just it isn't. It's just too good. Yeah. If it took itself seriously, then you'd yes. you'd, you'd be within you know, yeah. the right to kind of like tear it anew. But it it doesn't. It knows exactly what it's doing. It's just it's, it's just doing, a load of yeah. dumb fun. And I It I, is a load of dumb fun. I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, indeed. I, again, I, I would wholeheartedly Very recommend nice. people to go and watch Ariel. You, it's not a waste of your time at all. Yeah. I mean, interestingly, if you look at M66, if you look at reviews and stuff generally, it gets a very, very sort of decent score. Mm. <laughs> and Ariel tends to be quite, um, you know... Middle of the road. Split, yeah, you know, yeah. sort of bimodal pop, you know, distribution. It's either yeah. people love it or they really hate it. So, yeah. I mean, I can understand it being a bit Marmite, you know. Yeah, so, it is, uh, yeah. But I think, and I think we both agree, is that people should go and watch yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you're not watching it for the story, really. Necessarily, like, yeah, no, like no. It's more so the, the grandeur of the ideas uh, and, and the yeah, elements of, yeah. the story elements that they play with that I do think genuinely are some of the best uh, that I've seen in a long time, yeah. and even yeah. if they don't execute off of it, they've still they've still got the accolade of inspiring Evangelion, and that's enough of a reason. <laughs> so yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So yeah, mm. go watch it, people.
right, so that uh, brings us to the end of our reviews today. Next episode, we'll be back to regular programming and we will return to our platform obscurity series with reviews of Nayuta and whatever White Bear. Where to find us? You can find us on Twitter at RetroAnime. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitch Radio, Overcast FM, Podbean, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Pocket Casts, and most podcast hosting services. Just search for Retro Anime Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. It all does all help with um, sort of visibility and bumping up various uh, lists and whatever. Have a website, RetroAnimePodcast.com. You can email me directly, Ian, at RetroAnimePodcast.com. I'm quite an active user on the Anime UK News Forums. My username is Organ, O-R-G-U-N, as in Detonator Organ. Please follow my companion Mecha Podcast, Retro Mecha Podcast, on Twitter at Retro Mecha, and find it at the same places as this. So that brings us to the end of today's episode, Lou. So Indeed it does. Some good ones today, I think. Yeah, you know. yeah these were two very enjoyable ones. Um, some great female uh, Mecha yeah, uh, like great designs, great animation, great story elements, yeah. haphazardly thrown together into a delicious pot. I enjoyed both of them very much. Yeah, I have to say, I wasn't sure what you were going to make of Ariel. I thought you would have quite liked M sixty six. It's fairly standard, and it does kind of what it does quite well. But yeah. Ariel, being what it is, I was a bit like, uh, is he going to like this or is he going to? Yeah, I think like I this, think but... it's the the characters uh, in it, like yeah. the especially like the. Um, the grandfather a lot of them kind of a lot of their personality types are still used to this day so it's very familiar yeah. to me mm. um yeah and sure. yeah I, I enjoy those you know so yeah i did enjoy it there we go good right mm. and i think on that note we'll say goodbye we will indeed bye lewis bye for now see you next time bye everybody The opening and closing music of the podcast is the opening theme to Brave of the Sun Firebird, copyright to Sunrise Studios. All other music used within the podcast is copyright to its respective creator.